0: Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of A Slot With Morals. I am your host, Ruby May. If you're wondering what the fuck happened to my Instagram, I am so sorry. I was hacked. And unfortunately, deleted. And I'm super upset about it. I was in talks to be sponsored by a clothing brand and I lost all conversation with them. Um, I'm mostly just happy that I have such loyal and faithful followers that you guys followed, that you guys followed the backup to the backup and uh, (laughs) I'm also, I promise I'm going to do my best, but I'm going to be more active on Facebook and Twitter as I realize the more of you I reach, the more perspectives I get to change, right? You guys now know my link is in the description below. That link tree link will take you to all of my social medias. And before I continue with today's episode, I want to shout out my good friend Anna for sending me some samples of this amazing hand scrub and hand cream from her company. I suffer from seasonal eczema and the winter in Texas is so harsh on my skin because it goes from summer to winter to spring in the manner of hours. And it's helped me so much to the point I slather this stuff on my kiddos too. I'm putting her link as well in the description below and if you'd like to message her and order some, I highly recommend it. So let's get back to today's episode. It's February now, and that means Hovid is in the air. That's right, I said Hovid. Legs and temporary love are in the air, but don't worry. This episode won't be about love. It'll be about something else. And the special Valentine's Day episode? Oh, you guys are just gonna love it. It also won't be about love. Well, maybe a little bit, because I'm gonna get into the backstory of Valentine's Day, but... It also won't be a disdain for love either. Just a very dark history on Valentine's Day itself. Anyway, I was driving home from school the other morning and this radio host started talking about how dating apps are ruining dating and marriages and then for some reason I got on Reddit and it's talking about the worst dating app dates people ever been on. Then I'm like, then I'm on TikTok and people are talking about the same thing. I'm like, holy balls, how do I get out of this? Needless to say, I ended up taking that huge nap and totally just avoided the internet completely. No, I'm not cynical, but it hits kind of different when you're single, right? Like, I don't want to see this shit all the time. I want to laugh. Kind of like when you're on Instagram and you see a meme of a quote that hits kind of personal and you get sad and you're like, what the fuck did I ever do to you, Instagram? I don't want to feel sad. I want to feel horny. Ugh, oh, we're super weird, aren't we? Sorry, not sorry. And then I remember I occasionally do this thing where I get on Bumble, not really to like match with anyone, just kind of scroll through and kind of screenshot what people do on their bios and I decipher them. I call it reading between the lines. It's a segment I might start doing on here or on TikTok or both. I don't know yet. I've done this so much actually that I've helped some of you rewrite your bios and I've helped you get more matches. Some of you don't know this, but a lot of you aren't exactly intimidating. Your bios are just super aggressive. And I get it. You're kind of like, well, I'm just being upfront about what I want. And that's great. You're supposed to tell people what you want from the beginning, and that's exactly what you should do. But then there are some of you that want an actual relationship, but have no idea how to say that without sounding like a douche canoe or sounding too sappy or sounding cheesy or whatever. And here, I'll read you mine. My opening line is, I stutter when excited and giggle when nervous. Mom of two, podcaster. I'm good for the soul. Wild but wholesome. Meme game, absolute. Aggressive cuddler. Built for comfort, so swipe left if you're ashamed you like fat girls. Here, I've said everything you pretty much need to know. A bit about my personality. I'm a mom, so I'm not hiding that. What I do for work. And that I don't tolerate secret chubby chasers and what I'm about. I'm saying I'm a safe space. Maybe it's because I'm teetering between 4'11" and 5 feet in height, but something I don't look at when I'm swiping is height. One thing I will say when I've gone on dates, men tend to lie about something and that's their height. Upholding narrow ideas of what it means to be a man hurts everyone. I don't I don't mind meeting someone and they're 5'4" or 5'8" or whatever. I actually have a height limit. I won't date anyone over six foot six because I don't want to have to scream in order for you to hear me and you don't need to be bending over hurting your back in order for you to hear me. And there are women out there that not only don't mind dating short kings, but actively pursue dating them. Yeah, you heard that right. There's even a dating app out there called short king dating. It's for women who prefer shorter men. No, it's not a fetish. It's just some women truly don't give a fuck about it. I go to shows all the time, and you guys would be amazed at how many women are taller than their partners. My best friend Josie is five foot four on a good day, and her man is maybe like five foot seven f- or five foot eight. I was super drunk when I met him, so I can't really remember too much. But I remember being like, "Oh, they're so cute together," and that's all I really took from it. I didn't notice the height or anything. And in my experience, shorter men are actually sometimes usually better in bed. But what is considered short, average, and tall? Well, apparently short is anything less than five foot seven and the average height in men in the US is five foot nine. That's almost a whole foot taller than me. A man that is five foot five or five foot six will still be an inch or more taller than me when I wear heels. A lot of articles that I've read were written by women, not men. Some were even taken to Twitter, and so many women were sharing their pictures of them taller than their significant other. It was beautiful. And I think, fellas, this is for you. Sometimes you're unhappy with your height, physique, or appearance, but these concerns are most often connected to perceived inferiority. The root of the issue can stem from a cultural preference or societal norm that fosters negative thinking about your own attractiveness. And I say, fuck that. You can't change your height. And I can't either. I mean, I can wear heels and you guys can wear boots, but I hate being short too. My 10 year old is almost as tall as me. I'm going to have to wear heels when she's older, just to slightly still be intimidating. You know, I can't always do the eyebrow thing forever, but I started thinking of other insecurities men face. And I found these articles and I'm, and I started going through them and I'm going to talk about Everything from emotional insecurity to financial insecurities, okay? Because let's be upfront. Everyone is insecure to a certain degree. And a lot of the time, we don't even know we're insecure about something. It sometimes shows up as jealousy or sometimes we even have like little fits of anger, right? Even the guys who seem like they've got it all figured out, the ones with six-pack abs and a great head of hair, take the occasional hit to their ego they have fears and trepidations and occasional crippling anxiety even if they don't show it but this episode today isn't about uh, isn't about appearing confident okay it's about addressing your uncertainties and finding solutions to the insecurities keeping you from succeeding to your full potential in your job and relationships other than shortness relationship insecurity is number one here When a man falls in love, again, just after an ugly breakup, he might still feel intimidated by the bitterness experience of the past, you know, as a result of which he might develop a generalized idea about women and later start validating their misconceptions. And guys, you need to take it easy. You don't need to beat yourself up too much for what happened in the past. We can't hold on to the damage of our past relationships and punish our current partners, because not all women are the same, just like not all men are the same. In a past relationship, if you cheated on your partner or have been cheated on by your partner, you can feel helpless, even if you're the one that cheated. If there's been a violation of trust by emotional and physical infidelity and one's, and your cover has been blown, or one's cover has been blown, actually, there's often an insecurity driven by a sense of loss of control. How am I going to make up for the damage I've done? Or, how can I get them to trust me again? Or even, can I ever really forgive them? You'll never move forward or have a sense of stability in your relationship if you keep harping on an issue, rather than tackling it head-on or moving past it. And sometimes it takes a while to allow your brain to rewire, to adapt to a new manner of thinking or perspective, or even understand not just yourself, but your partner. Remember, communication is always key. But if you both want the relationship to work, vocalize and identify why the infidelity happened in the first place, you know? Make a plan going forward to address each other's needs, wants, and desires. You should be on a path that makes you both feel respected so one isn't commandeering the other. And if you, you know, like you, you have to set these boundaries. And once again, if someone is disrespecting your boundaries, you have to let them know from the very beginning. And if you do get to the bottom of your feelings, you're more liable to make your next relationship work even better. Number two on the list was job security. Women in the modern world are trying to change the game by emerging successful in all fields. However, men are still subdued in security about women getting ahead of them. The age-old norms of patriarchy have formulated the idea that women are not built to be more successful than men. To support this, a study done by a group of researchers in the U.S. found that husbands grow increasingly insecure of their wives who, if their wives, earn more than 40% of the total household income. And I'd like to think that this is bullshit because I know some men out there that would love to be house husbands, you know, stay-at-home dads. There are women out there that don't want to be full-time moms, some prefer bringing home the bacon, and some love making all the money in the household. But unfortunately, in western culture, so much of a man's identity is sometimes tied to what he does for a living, but it does for a woman as well. Like, we give what we do for a living such a high fucking status. I mean, I've met nurses that can't Talk, do anything but talk about how they're nurses, and I've met doctors that want to talk about anything but medicine. I mean, just go out, you know, at almost every party or social gathering when you meet new people. One of the primary questions you're asked is, what do you do for a living? Fear of failing to live up to an employer's expectations, suddenly being without employment and distressed about your job security in the future, are all ways in which this insecurity Manifest itself. If you're in a field you don't love, take the steps to pursue something else, even if it doesn't have the same perceived level of status or compensation. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life, right? Next on the list is financial security. Maybe you grew up poor like I did, and materialistic things don't mean as much to you, but knowing you have some money to fall back on makes you feel some type of secure like it does me. And men tend to look at the future more than women. We really kind of just live day to day, paycheck to paycheck, and some of us don't always have a backup plan, right? But men tend to look 5 to 15 years into the future. For men, a change in relationship status going from dating to engaged or engaged to to being married and the addition of children are all times when a man's level of emotional security is subject to threat. Being a provider to a wife and a family is incredibly stressful, especially if they're the sole provider. Develop coping strategies to help balance planning for the future and living in the present so that the uncertainty isn't overwhelming. I know you guys are going to be like, oh my god, Ruby, that's so fucking cliche, but meditation is a great way to help you notice or acknowledge intrusive negative thoughts and then return to connect with the present moment without having your thought process hijacked by insecurity even if the meditation is only 5 minutes a day it can just really help clear your mind start at 5 minutes go up to 20 next on this list is emotional intimacy you know are you a serial dater who breaks things off with every woman who could potentially be a serious lifelong partner being honest and vulnerable in a relationship is very is a very common issue for men sometimes it's connected to a secretive shameful behavior or past, and sometimes it's connected to family of origin patterns when a man grew up in a place where emotions weren't acknowledged or expressed. We've all heard this. Toughen up, chin up, big boys don't cry, right? When your significant other asks you to share your feelings or even what you're thinking about or a particular experience, it can feel like a threat to your security and emotional well-being. And in my experience, and from what men have told me, women also tend to throw their mental health issues, chemical imbalances, their insecurities, sexual assaults, their dreams, their hopes, their opinions, even what they like in bed back at them to really fucking hurt them. It's disgusting. It's going to take practice, patience, trust, and time. Rewiring your brain is something that that's pretty fucking difficult. But everyone is capable of being emotionally secure. And because of this, next on our list is exhibiting emotions. Now this is a broader, more general form of emotional insecurity that's not triggered by any bad experience in close interpersonal relationships. Whether it's friends, family, or their partner. Some guys are just really uncomfortable exhibiting emotion or receiving another another person's display of affection with, you know, your people, a.k.a. your mother or father. You might have a hard time empathizing with friends or making true friendships and, that, and connections with people. And the solution is usually that this is connected to negative experiences with the show of emotion or unhelpful messages about emotions in your own family, i.e. the whole chin up, toughen up, right? So the fix is breaking the cycle and slowly opening up becoming less resistant to stereotypically vulnerable emotions like sadness, love, and sympathy. In society, men are more inclined to harp on negative emotions, ones that are seemingly more masculine, like anger and pride. Let people in. Slowly break down those walls and begin to understand your own aversion to being emotional. And now I never thought that this would be one, but it truly is physical setbacks is an insecurity when an injury or illness have an impact on your physical function impairing work relationships or hobbies emotional insecurity will often arise if you blow out your knee during a sprint session or you injure your shoulder in the gym remembering these setbacks aren't permanent it's not the end of your world and the last one on this list is not meeting expectations Unmet expectations can be poisonous. These are demands you place on yourself and those that are set by your superiors, your partner, your family, friends, even your kids can make you feel like you're constantly in a race to perform better for them, right? To be better, to do better. It's fucking exhausting. But more often than not, these high standards people hold for you are only met by disappointment, resentment, and you feel like you aren't capable which isn't the case, you guys. Listen, if you're on the receiving end of someone else's resentment or even anger, then you'll start to harbor some insecurities. You have to have and own your own expectations of yourself because that's all you can control. Focus, right? Focus on attending to your part. Do your part and only your part. If you're setting the bar too high in the office or in the gym or working around the clock to meet some unrealistic goal for yourself, relax, be realistic, take a healthier approach to keep a balance in all aspects of your life. Now, I'm not a licensed therapist and I can't tell you to go out and seek therapy because only those that really want help will seek it, right? But men, you aren't so different from us women. And ladies, I hope you listening to today's episode has made you realize so many things that men go through on a daily basis and what runs and what runs through their minds. And a while ago, I made a TikTok where I spoke about how we, as women, are always begging our partners to open up to us. We want to talk and communicate and sometimes it isn't their fault if they can't or don't want to. Sometimes it's okay if they come home after having a bad day at work and they don't want to talk. They want to just decompress. I understand that children are often the priority when they first come home, and that's fine. But after the kids are in bed and your man is just sitting on the couch, ask him how his day was. Or if he doesn't want to talk, let him know you're ready to listen when he's ready to. Let him know that you are not there to judge him, you're there to listen. Sometimes that's all he needs, is... To just know that you're there for him no matter what. It's the feeling of knowing he isn't alone when mentally he just can't take it. And just like us, men face societal issues and insecurities that cause them to overthink. They have the same thoughts. Am I good enough? Am I still attractive to my partner? Am I doing enough? What more can I do? What else can I do? Am I, as a person, enough? Let them know that they are. A lot of insecurities I spoke about can trigger even more emotional insecurities and knowing that they're secure with you in your relationship, man, that can help so much because these suicide rates, man, we got to change those. All right, you guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of A Slot With Morals. I'm your host, Ruby May. If you want to follow me on any social media platform, click the link tree in the description below. Don't forget to rate the podcast and hit that follow button and the little bell to be notified for the next episode of Assault with Morals. I hope you have a good week and you have the day that karma allows you to have. So remember, every day is a good day to be better than who you were yesterday. Okay? Thanks. Bye.